welcome Brother Harkey as he comes to minister to us this morning. Hallelujah. Can we give God a shout of praise in the house this morning? Can we just lift our hands all over the room right now? And a sign of surrender. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for your people here in this spiritual family. We love them, but you love them more. We ask that your voice would come through clearly today. That your power would be evident. There would be signs, wonders, and miracles. We thank you for the power of your spirit. Speak now, God, for we desperately need you. Let the anointing break every yoke. Let the anointing encourage and inspire in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's give God another clap offering right now. In just a few moments, I'm going to unpack what the Lord laid on my heart for you. But before I do, I want to just tell you how much we appreciate all of you and appreciate what God is doing in this church. I appreciate uh, Pat, uh, Scott and Sylvia, good, of our good friends, and I'm so glad to, to all of you who have, been, uh, uh, have given into our ministry over the years. But before I share the word of the Lord, I'm going to introduce my beautiful wife of 35 years. Would you, uh, would you welcome Sister Meliana as she comes? Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I tell you what, it is true. The church looks amazing. Amen. In spirit and physically, everything, God is doing a great work here. So I'm so grateful for your sensitivity, sensitivity to him. It is amazing. Praise God. I just want to remind you guys, we have some resources back in the foyer. I have my husband's uh, very first book, Song of the Prophet. And what we have done, because we were sold out, um, we ran out of the first printing. What we did, we opened our, our own printing company, and we print, reprint his first book. Because we saw the desire, not only the desire of the people, but the needs for people to get to know God intimately. Amen? Because many times we can do the ministry, we can serve in church, but if we don't know him intimately, it means nothing. When crisis comes, when situation that we don't have the strength to deal with it or the wisdom to deal with it, we need to know God intimately. Because when we know him intimately, it will empower us, it will strengthen us, it will give us wisdom what to do, what not to do. It's, a song of, it's called Song of the Prophet. His entire book, Song of Solomon, we, uh, John took every verse and explained what it means because we need, we desire to see people get to know him intimately. In fact, it's a revised version. We added, it, uh, we added 60 more pages into it. Amen? Praise God. His second book, How to Develop a Prophetic Cultures, a Culture, because our desire is to see everybody prophesy, not just the pro prophets, pastors, or leaders. Everybody prophesy. Amen? Because his word says, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Again, if you're not, we don't prophesy to our children, 
who are going to prophesy. So we need to prophesy. And if you don't know how to prophesy, then to speak life. That's what it is. Amen. And if you don't know what to say, then quote God's word. Quote God's word because it's powerful. Also, we have some CDs over there called uh, Overcoming Your Past. Amen. Living a victorious life. And the second one, the last one, the good, we have a lot more back there, but I just grab a few. The goodness of God. Again, when we come to Christ, we should be experiencing his goodness. Some of us, even Christian, we are in church, but yet still live in defeated lifestyle. We should be experiencing his peace, joy, love. Amen. I'll give you guys a quick story before my husband comes come up because I wanted to encourage you how important it is to speak and prophesy God's word. Uh, back in, in the spring, I'm not sure if I shared this story, but if I have, if I did, you need to hear it again. <laughs> I've been in so many churches every Sunday, every week, so I forgot which uh, story I shared. But anyway, but I'm not sure if I shared this. Uh, back in the spring, John and I, we were uh, in Disneyland with our kids. We were there for only one day. And I remember my daughter said, Mom, Dad, you please, you, need to, you guys need to come and write. A dis it was Disney World. You guys need to come and write this ride because this was the best ride of all the rides here in Disney World. And it was an Avatar ride. Had never seen the, the movie, had never heard about it until that ride. So she said, you got to come and when the gate is open so you guys can be able to ride on the ride. So John and I show up when the gate is open. When the gate is open, we went in, and I tell you what, we saw the line people waiting, and it was almost a mile. I said, forget that. I don't want that right that bad. So we left. Later on, on lunchtime, we walked by to go somewhere else, somewhere else, and then I saw there was nobody waiting for the ride. And I said, honey, let's go on the ride because nobody... Nobody is, uh, nobody is waiting. Nobody is here for the ride. So, um, yes, I'm sorry. We have a, uh, somebody, I think, a pastor call. I'll, I'll take your time. So, anyway, <laughs> I'll take the five minutes of your time. So, anyway, so we went, we went on to the ride. And when we got into it, when we went on the ride, I tell you what, it was a lie. There were so, it, because we went in, it was zigzag. We ended up wait two hours. I said, oh, my gosh, because you can't see where the line is in. And I said, my gosh, if we knew this. So anyway, we finally got on the right. And when we get ready to go on the right, they gave us 3D glasses. And then I text my kids. I said, you guys come in. They said that they, you guys can come in, bring the kids. So they came in. We're getting ready to go on the right, and they gave us 3D classes. And I'm not sure if some of you know what 3D classes does. What 3D classes does, it brings the object that you are looking at so close at you, and you know how, how you feel fearful and scared and excited or laugh? 10% of how you feel, 3D classes does that. 90% of how you feel, all in your brain. Now you can see how the enemy work. The enemy can work only a little bit. 
but he bring the object we he bring what you are dealing with he make it so real dramatic and if our mind is not renewed by the word of god you will believe it that's why it's so important that we need to be here every time the church door is open because the word of God will cleanse our mind. Because when we leave, the enemy is out there. Whatever crisis, whatever life tries to bring in, we think it's so real. So anyway, the right start. And I tell you, my uh, 10-year-old granddaughter was sitting on my left and my eight-year-old granddaughter was sitting on my right and my son and my daughter-in-law and my, 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 my daughter and my uh, 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 son-in-law, the ride started. And I tell you what, yes, it was one of the best rides I ever ride. But to be honest with you, there were a few times I have to close my eyes. Just like what I said, what the 3D classes did. Because I felt like that this alien I'm going to run into, they're going to swallow me. I felt like I'm going to run into these trees. And there were times I have to close my eyes because I felt like I'm going to fall thousands and thousands and thousands of feet way down there in abyss somewhere. And then all of a sudden, my 10-year-old granddaughter on my left-hand side start screaming and yelling and said, Grandma, and start crying at the same time and said, Grandma, 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 why did you bring me here? Grandma, 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 why did you bring me here? The meantime, the, ten, the two years younger, eight-year-old granddaughter on my right-hand side it's just screaming and laughing and enjoying the ride. But I tell you what, who got my attention? The one that is crying and not enjoying the ride. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe some of you here go struggling. And you may be comparing yourself with your friends or people. And be, oh, my gosh, look at them. They're doing better. But look at my life. Look what I'm going through. And I tell you what, guess who got my attention? Not the one that enjoying the ride. It's the one that is screaming and crying. And I want to encourage you, God's ears and his eyes is on you. He wants you to enjoy life because he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. So guess what happened? Because she was screaming and crying, I found myself pushed off my safety bar that protecting myself. And then I reach out to my little granddaughter, Keala, and grab her hand, almost yank her out, you know. And I said, Keala, it's not real. And when I said that, she turned to me with a shocking look, and she said, oh. I felt like some of you, that is a prophetic word that you need to hear. It's not real. And it's five, all, of a, all of a sudden, the ride slowed down for a little bit. And then a few minutes for a take a break. It's five minutes altogether. And then I said, look at it. Is there an alien or trees or water in front of you? There is nothing. It's just screen that you are looking at. So I want you to enjoy the ride. Okay, Keala? And she said, yes, Grandma. Thank you. 
and the ride started up again. And I tell you what, we had an amazing time, great time. Now, the reason why, again, I share with you the story because of how important it is for you and I to open our mouth and speak God's word. For me, when I grab her hand and wake her up, because I felt like she fell into a drench of thinking that what she is looking at is real. Some of us are going through a situation or crisis, something that we, we fall into. I mean, maybe we did not created it, but we fell into it, and we think, oh my gosh, my life is over. Oh my gosh, this crisis, this problem that I am going through, I don't know how is that going to take care. I just want to encourage you, it just arrived. It's not real. Yes, I'm not denying what you're going through. It is a fact, but the real thing is God's word. Renewing our mind, coming in agreement with his word. Again, some of you may be going through a sickness. His word says that by his stripe, we are healed. Amen? Yes, the fact said that you are sick, but his word, the truth, and the real thing is his word. By his stripe, we are healed. Also, his word says that our temporary affliction, they're not permanent. They are temporary. So why own it? Why own your crisis? Why own your sickness? Why own it? Why believing that your crisis are forever? Again, if you believe it, you will fall into it. Then some of, sometimes somebody has to come and prophesy to you, speak to you. But why wait? You just need to wake up and speak life over your situation instead of living in that situation that is not real. Amen. Praise God. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. How many are ready for God's word? How many are ready for God's word? How many know that sometimes technology can be sometimes get in our way? <laughs> I, I, I had to step out for a moment because I have a pastor friend of, uh, of mine who's there in their 70s, and I did not want them to drive in Honolulu. So I called an Uber uh, to pick them up at the Hilton Hawaiian Village and then drive them to church. And so, so praise God for technology. <laughs> but praise God. How many are ready for God's word? How many are ready for God's word? You know, um, Pastor Dion mentioned um, about a school in Lithuania. Uh, back in uh, July 1st through July 10th, I, uh, we were there for 10 days. We spoke 30 times uh, over those 10 days. Very, very impactful. Um, we, are, we, are, we have just finished our curriculum of for the school now, I the teacher's manual. Now that we're on, now we're on the student manual. And if I were to open class today, if I were to open class today, and we were in Lithuania together as a family, this is what I would unpack. Because how many know that we are in a battle with words? Whose word is God's word? Who has the authority? Who is the one that 
really has the voice of God. And when I look at the life of Elijah, I see something very, very profound. Because I've written books. There are many great books on hearing the voice of God. But ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing like the Bible. And I love the fact that the Bible doesn't just talk about Elijah's successes. It talks about his failures as well. It talks about his humanity. Because sometimes we can elevate somebody in the prophetic above a human being. That sometimes we miss God. Sometimes we make a mistake. Sometimes we are afraid. But yet in our mistakes, there's an anointing. Come on. There's an anointing that God still uses us through our mess. And when I look at the fact of Elijah, he just called fire down from heaven. He just prayed for rain. And when he did that, ladies and gentlemen, then the next thing happened, because I want to break a mindset right now. The mindset being that, because I've heard people say this, whether I'm in a big church, small church, little church, I've heard this over 22 years of full-time ministry, I've heard this, oh, Brother Harkey, be careful, because after a great victory comes a great attack. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't receive that. I'm not going from uh, glory to drama. I'm going from glory to glory. Connect Point isn't going from problem to problem, but we are going from glory to glory. We're not descending. We are ascending. And because we are ascending, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say this. By the word of the Lord, because here Elijah was in a place where he has had great victory and signs and wonders, but one word sends him off in a tailspin. Those words control his whole identity because this is what it says. A woman by the name of Jezebel, who I'm not going to talk about today, says these words, I'm going to kill you. You know what she's doing? She's prophesying. She's not prophesying. Because no one has control over your life but God. Can I tell you something? The doctor doesn't have control over your life. Your job, your boss doesn't have control over your life. God has control over your life. And because he has control over your life, he has control over your future. Come on. And let me ask you a question. Is Eli did Elijah die? No. He never died. He, he was caught up into heaven. So that word never come to pass. But here's what happened. When he received that word, the Bible said, it said, when he saw that. Everybody say, when he saw that. So what did he see? He began to see him, himself dying. He's doing what I call foreboding. Everybody say foreboding. This is what foreboding is. Foreboding is, I've just heard Pastor Dion preach a message. I've just shouted my hallelujahs. But then I go out into the parking lot. 
And I began to think everything negative is going to happen. I never expect the best. I expect the worst. That's called foreboding. Are you hearing me? Because we can never bring victory to Hilo. We can never bring victory to our church if we're constantly foreboding. So what does he do? He actually sees himself dying. And when he sees himself dying, just as Meliana shared, now he's entering into a distorted reality. He's entering into the wrong narrative. He's entering into the words of Jezebel who have no power. Can I tell you something? There's something that I've learned over the years. I don't have to receive something that didn't come from God. I don't, have to, I don't have to internalize it. I don't have to believe it. I don't have to put my trust in it. Because there's one thing that I know. I, I'm a child of God, and he wants the best for me. Come on, are you hearing me? You can diagnose me this. You can tell me this. You can tell me that, that you're an ex-con, because I am an ex-con. I have a past. But my trauma in my past doesn't tell me where I'm going in the future. It's God who tells me where I'm going in my future. And because God is telling me where I'm going in my future, if someone says something to me that isn't of the Lord, I do not have to receive it. But what he does, ladies and gentlemen, is this. In that process of him seeing, it, he sees the reality. He creates a film. He creates a, a picture in his mind. And all of a sudden, he, he starts entering into this what we call negative self-talk. Let me just say this. Your negative self-talk is prophecy. Because the word can come, but my own mind can talk me out of it. And so what he does, ladies and gentlemen, is he runs as far south as he can. But there's something he does, and you, can, you guys can, might want to put that up there, 1 Kings 19.3, New King James Version. But what he does as he's running as far south, he's actually running from his own imagination. And as he's running, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happens. It says that he left his servant there. Everybody says left his servant there. What is happening? What's happening, ladies and gentlemen, is when he's going through his trial, he gets himself in isolation. We are a family. We cannot fight our battles in isolation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if, 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 if the prophet can't fight, uh, Elijah can't find a battle in isolation. What does it tell me about me? About me, I can't fight my devils by myself. I can't fight my struggle by myself. That's why we have connect groups. Oh, come on. That's why you need to get in a connect group because you cannot fight the things that you're facing by yourself. That is why we are a church. See, this is what I don't understand. People think they can have church at home. You can't have church at home. You have church in a community. Because it takes a community to heal a community. Come on. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to have victory over the words, the words of the news, the words that go all over, you're going to have to be in the right place. You can't do it in isolation. Because if I'm in isolation, I have no accountability. 
If I'm a, if I have, if I'm in isolation, I have nobody to lay hands on me. I have nobody to speak life to me. I have nobody to tell me who I am. If I'm in isolation, I'm susceptible to my own dark emotions and my own self-talk. So now that he's running, and let me just say this. As he's running, he's running out of fuel. Because anxiety, fear, and worry will actually kill us. They drain us to the point where we have nothing left. And because we have nothing left, we can't go on. So what happens? Elijah then falls asleep. And when he falls asleep, you got to understand, this is what I love about this story. Because how many have ever been burnt out? Come on. How many of you may have come in here, you had the worst week of your life. You may, you may have a worse year. You may have lost a loved one. You may be in a place where you have run out of gas. I'm telling you right now, you are in the right place. You know why you're in the right place? Because let me tell you something. Uh, Elijah had run out of gas. He has no fuel left. So he falls asleep. But my Bible says something that just hit me the other day when I read it. It said that the angel of the Lord touched him. Let me just tell you. I'm so thankful that God touched me when I was in the right place. But what I love about this story is God can still touch me when I'm in the wrong place. And I'm not just talking about geographically. I'm in the wrong place in my heart, in my mind, in my will, in my emotion, and I'm in the wrong place, and he still touched me. Aren't you thankful that God didn't just touch you at church? He touched you when you was in the wrong place. He touched you when you weren't thinking right. He touched you. When the angel, and this is I, I'm because of time, this is probably all I'm going to stay on right now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when the angel touched the prophet, what happened? He arose. I pray God touched you. I pray that when you're on the end of your rope and filled with anxiety, worry, and fear, when you don't know what's going on in your life, all of a sudden God would touch you and you would rise up. But when he arose, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what the angel said. I want you to get this because this is a prophetic word to this spiritual family right now. Arise and eat. Everybody say eat. Turn to your neighbor and say eat. Well, we know about eating around here. Because there's always food here. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about natural food. Because natural food, you know what it does to me? It makes me hungrier. Come on. And my anatomy shows it. Come on. That's not what I'm talking about. Because what, what did he say? Arise and eat. What was there? There was bread and there was water. In other words, where did that bread and where did that water come from? It came from God. Oh, come on. It didn't come from Jezebel. It didn't come from his own negative self-talk. It came from God. And here's the thing. In other words, Elijah, I want you to eat because I want you to change your diet. 
because right now your diet is on the words of Jezebel and your, and your diet is not on my word. And did I not say that man shall not live upon bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God? That's why I want you to eat. Let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the more you eat, the more powerful you're going to get. Because if you eat, you better make sure you know where your bread came from. You better know the source of where it came from. Because if you eat from the wrong source, if you eat from your social media posts, if you eat from the news, if you eat from what was going on in your life and your trauma, I'm telling you, you will never make it to your destination. And God is saying to this church, eat. Now, why did he say this? Because he said eat. In church, you got to understand this. I have 1 Kings 19 memorized. He says, eat. For the journey is too great for you. God has a great journey for this spiritual family. It's too great that we, it's too great if we're starving. It's too great if we're malnutritioned. It's too great if we don't eat. Come on. The great things that God wants to accomplish in and through us both corporately and individually, can't happen unless we eat. Because this journey is too great for us. Let me just say this. I'm not just here in Hilo for you guys. I mean, come on. This, this evening I'm headed, headed after church, right after church, I'm headed to Kona to, to, to catch a plane to Honolulu because we're doing the AG Pastors and Leaders Conference. And you got to understand something. I've never pastored. So what are you doing leading a pastor's conference and you've never been a pastor? I'm an ex-con. I have a criminal record. But guess what? When I got saved, I decided to eat. Because God had a great journey for me. Oh, come on. God had a great journey for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he had a great journey for me, and I understood if I'm going to get to where God wants me to get there, I'm not going to eat from my past. I'm not going to eat from who, who, because I haven't pastored or my insecurities or all that I go through. I'm not going to eat from my trauma. I'm going to eat from what has fallen from heaven. Because if I eat from falling from heaven, guess what, Jezebel? Look out. You're dealing with the wrong dude right now. You're dealing with the wrong individual right now because I'm too full of the word to pay attention to what you're saying. You know, because here's the thing. The revival is coming to Hilo. A move of God is from and coming to Connect Point. You know why? Because God's got great things, not terrible things, not horrible things, not uh, things of death, but things of life, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm here, oh, I feel like preaching right now. Because ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you know why I like to be in church every night? I'm going to be in church every night. Why? Because the more I eat, the more powerful I become. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I can't eat of my anger. I can't eat of my frustration. I can't eat of how I feel, my emotions. I can't eat of that. I eat from what's dropped in heaven. Because see, when, when the angel of the Lord dropped the bread, when 
revelation to the man of God. You eat this, and then you go back. And the power of my word. You eat this so that you have confidence that Jezebel can't kill you. You eat this and you have confidence when the doctor says you're gonna, you have this and you have this and you have that. And I know I don't. The devil got it, but I don't. You, it may look like that on the x-ray, but I come to a church that believes in healing. I had a friend of mine just recently, just recently, that, that we were just at their church a couple weeks ago, and, and he, he's one of the leaders at, at the church, and his name is Troy. And, and, and Troy was telling me that, that, you know what, he wasn't feeling well, so we went to the doctor, they checked him out, and then they ended up doing an MRI or something on him, and they found all these cancerous spots all over his lung. He walked out of there and just began to confess with his mouth, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. And you know what? He went back a week later. They could find no spots. Because he decided to eat from the source. Oh, come on. Now, I'm not denying facts. I'm here. I'm not here. But I'm going to decide, guess what? Even when the facts say I've got this, I'm going to eat from the wrong, right source. And because I eat from the right source, that bread comes on the inside of me. Because we know this, the body heals the body. So I confess, guess what, I, my wife did this the other day. Now, I won't tell you how old she is because I want to have a nice trip over to Kona. Otherwise, she's going to drop me off at Mauna Kea. Come on. And I'm the wrong color. <laughs> and and so, 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 but she got up the other morning and she says, I'm not old. I'm not sore. I'm healthy and I'm beautiful. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Can you imagine waking up to that? I say, oh, yes, Jesus, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Not waking up grumpy. Not grumpy. I had to get up and go to church today. Oh, I don't feel like it. I feel like staying in bed. I'm tired. You know why you're tired? You prophesied you're tired. Oh, come on. This is what, you know, we live in a culture. They want to eat from the wrong source. Because this is what I don't understand. How can you eat for an hour and a half all week? But then you, we look at our watch. I can't wait to get to the buffet. I'll spend three hours at the buffet. But church, that preacher, he's too long. <laughs> <laughs> that, that service was too long. He shouldn't have prayed for all those people. Come on. I, I, I was held captive in that church. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what? And I, no, 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 no. The problem is you're eating from the wrong sources. You're eating the wrong source, bro. Because if you ate from the right source, you would just say, God, I can't wait to get to church today because I wonder what God's going to drop. I wonder what bread's going to come on the inside. It's going to heal my emotions, heal my mind, heal my spirit. Because you know what? I've got to go back out there. i got to face a Jezebel right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I want to make sure I'm full because I don't want to face my Jezebel when I'm empty. 
Because if I face Jezebel when I'm empty, her words are going to control my behavior. But if I am full of God, then guess what's going to happen? Look out, I'm casting you out. Look out, I'm calling fire down from heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm calling fire on that cancer. I'm calling fire on that divorce. I'm calling fire on that disease. I'm, oh, are you? Eat. What's the prophetic word today? Eat. Let, let me just say, let me, let me, let me just say this. I, I read a statistic. Proven, proven fact. Americans watch one billion hours of TV a day. What if Americans read the word one billion hours a day? What would happen to our culture? So when your pastor says, read through the Bible, what he's actually saying is eat. Because if you eat, I guarantee you, we won't have to counsel you. <laughs> if you eat, you won't come in here and say, oh, pastor, please pray for me. I'm about ready to lose it right now. I've lost my job. I've lost this. I've lost this. Everything's going down. If you eat, you won't be thinking like that. If you eat, if you eat, you walk up in here with a smile on your face. You walk with joy in your heart. Because you've got to understand, church, if you're, if you're Facebook friends with my wife, uh, 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 it was three weeks ago, you've got to understand I'm really Pentecostal. Because you've got to understand my, 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 my son-in-law, we were in a conference uh, about three weeks ago, and I, I was speaking at the conference, and, and I, I, during, during praise and worship, I just decided to become a real holy roller. You know why? Because I used to roll joints, but now I roll for God. <laughs> and, and, and she fit my son-in-law film that it was, it was a long time, and I rolled up and down the altar. Come on. Now, I, I can't manufacture that. I, I, if, if our brother was going to sing that hallelujah song just a couple more minutes, I'd have been down here right now. And I'd have caused a scene right here in Hilo. But what some of you need to do is the more you eat, come on, the more free you get. Because I have found this out. The more truth I get in the side of me, the more free that I get outside of me. Oh, come on. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's why I want to eat because you're not free, bro. You have a gift. You have a calling. You have a, you have a, a destiny that's great for you, and you've got to eat. As I wrap this up, amazing thing is, um, how many have grandchildren? The, grand, the, the grandpa club is so much fun. I love that club. Back in August, we were, we were preaching where my, my son and my daughter-in-law uh, minister there. They live there, and they, they, they minister there at the church, and they travel like I do. And um, CI with Prophet Bill Hammond. I was there ministering on a Friday night, and um, the grandkids spent the night with us, two of my five grandchildren. And little Mahina, who's my youngest, she's four years old, 
all of a sudden, she started praying. She prayed for 30 minutes, and I fell asleep. And I heard an amen, and I woke up, and I said, whoa. And then Meliana said, oh, Mahina, can you pray again? Because Grandpa fell asleep. He goes, okay. But this time, Meliana recorded the prayer on her phone. It was a five-minute prayer. And you know what? I have to tell you, when she recorded it, Meliana and I have listened to that prayer hundreds of times. In fact, I will listen to it. I will listen to it on the way back to Columbia. You know why? Because she's mine. She prayed like a four-year-old. And I have the prayer memorized now. You think about this. As we were listening to it over again, we, we would plug it into the car. I've got a little Bose speaker that I travel with when I travel. So I, I plug it into the hotel. Everywhere I go, I play it. Because it moves me. Let me just tell you. When you eat, it moves God. It moves God. When we eat what He has dropped, He wants to see, He just wants to sit as a father and just watch us pray, watch us eat. I just enjoy what you said, even in your brokenness. I enjoy it right now. Just as Meliana enjoyed our little granddaughter praying over it, we never said, oh, she didn't say it right. She didn't do it right. She didn't pray it clear enough. All we did there said we love it because she would pray, oh, God, don't let the old ladies die in the hurricane. She would pray things like that. And she'd pray. Her biggest thing was the Internet. Has the Internet to work. Come on. And then she would pray, oh, let the boys be funny and let the girls be cuddly. You know, she's four. But it moved us. And if I'm moved by a little girl's prayer, how much is my Father in heaven is moved when you eat what he has dropped? Lift your hands all over the room right now. Father, we love you. Father, we worship you. We adore you. We thank you for the power of the Spirit. Father, I am asking you right now in the name of Jesus that in this particular moment, in this particular moment, right now, that this house, this house, this house would understand that we have to eat. That really we have to be selective in what we eat. We need to be picky. I don't want to eat anything of this world. I don't. I, I I want to eat from what heaven has dropped because it is the only thing that's going to sustain in the name of Jesus. Put your hand down. One translation says, ladies and gentlemen, eat for the journey is long. How many know the journey is long? This is the marathon, not a sprint. 
I want to finish my journey. In January, Meliana and I are going to, the kids coerced us. My daughter and my son-in-law coerced us to do a half marathon. I do know this, that that's during my time of my fasting. But I know this, if I'm going to complete that half marathon, I'm going to have to eat. If you're going to complete what God has for you, you're going to have to eat. How many in this room right now would say, preacher, as this year comes to a close, this morning, I'm making a resolution. I'm going to eat from the right source. 